This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. Let go. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out. What's up, America? So, we're not talking about the NFL, even though I told y'all the Rams was going to win, but some of y'all didn't want to listen, and I'll get into that a little later. We're going to be talking about the association, the NBA. We're also going to be talking about the NCAA and what's going on there. But before we get into all of that and the guests that I have on the show, there's an APB out for my cousin Rashad. I have not heard from this man. I have not seen this man. In the last two weeks, I told him the Rams was gonna win. He didn't want to listen, and I have not heard from him. So, Rashad, if you're listening, phone call, voice note, text message, FaceTime, whatever you can do to get me to know that you're okay, do that. With that being said, got my fam on Mo, he is the resident. NBA aficionado. We're going to talk about, like I said, the NBA. We're going to talk about the NCAA. Thank you for coming on the show, brother. What's up, sir? How you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah. Just I appreciate you. you coming on the show, man. Um, you know, you you my you my basketball guru. So anytime you come on, we're talking about the NBA. We're talking about college sports. We're talking about basketball of some sort. So the first thing I want to talk about you know, the news just came out. Jawan Howard, you saw the video. Everybody saw the video. Um, uh, closed fist or open slap, whatever you want to call it. He, he had an altercation with the coach after the game, was upset about a timeout being called with 15 seconds left on the clock. They get at, at each other it's in the middle of the court. Jawan Howard says, don't touch me. He obviously touches him and then Jawan Howard has to be restrained by coaches players open fist slap to the coach now is suspended for the rest of the season which is five games what are your thoughts on what happened with Jawan Howard um at the end of the game um I think as a leader of men what he did as far as the um open hand slap to the assistant coach was an unacceptable behavior um we put them in high regards, you know, so like you can't do that, especially on a nationally televised game. Right. But, well, even forget the national televised game. You can't do that, period. Right. Right. Um, suspending him for five games, I think, um, is OK. It's a fair and just um, response from the NCAA in Michigan. I think that makes complete sense. But I think we probably need to dive in a little bit deeper on how we got there. Right. Right. Um, so from what I've been seeing being reported is basically, um, Michigan was still pressing. Yes. And that will cause the Wisconsin coach to call the timeout. Right. Um, even though the game was already in hand, um, people kept on saying from a sportsmanship stand, the timeout was not okay, but I can retort that I can respond and say pressing when the game is out of hand is also unsportsmanlike. Right. <laughs> but like, regardless if you're losing, right? Um, so I think they both cancel each other out. Um, but what I would say is the Wisconsin coach putting hands on him as he's trying to walk past them and not really shake his hand, that was the instigating point um, for me, especially just knowing Jawan Howard's background. Sid, we come from the hood. Like, you right, right, right. Like, you know, you can't put your hands on somebody, especially when you can already tell they're not messing with you. Like, right. He had no, he wanted no parts. If you see the video, Jawan Howard is making a beeline past him. He's not even acknowledging him. 
not even acknowledging him. And I think that's that's the escalating point that people need to realize, um, especially when you're somebody of Joanna Howard's background, like, don't touch me. Like, yeah, like, don't touch me. And it's just one of those things where it was unfortunate to see, unfortunate that it happened. And I think, I think, and I hope both men will learn from the experience and move accordingly. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting um, ordeal that happened at midcourt. Um, you have, the game is over at hand. I don't understand why you're pressing. Um, you're up double digits. Well, you're down double digits if you're Michigan. And, you know, him calling a timeout, he said he didn't want his players to have to, you know, inbounds the ball with about four seconds and try to get it past half court. Um, but the thing to me is, don't put hands on nobody, right? Like, if you're at midcourt, he does not want to engage with you at all. He's trying to make a, hey, let me just do the handshake at the middle of the court and let's go home. Mm-hmm. The moment you put your hands on somebody, you are susceptible to things like that. Like, exactly. if he knew, if like, Joan Howard is about that action, I don't think he would have... He would have just said, okay, you don't want to talk to me? Fine, let me just continue. But I'm guessing he really didn't know, or at least he didn't think that it would escalate to that point. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't put your hands on somebody. Right. I think the punishment meets the crime. I don't think Michigan is going to make the NCAA tournament. And if they do, I don't see him coaching that. Um, yeah. I, I just think that, yeah, it was an unforced issue. Now, Joan Howard had had this a similar situation with another coach last season where he quote unquote said, I would kill you. So Joan Howard, like he has to be better. And what everyone says, you know, the Stephen A's, the other analysts on ESPN, um, they always say, or even his play, um, you know, uh, his teammates that played with him, he's always the adult in the room. That's why people respect him. Well, He's acting not like an adult at this moment in time. So, you know, you had a historic program, one of the biggest programs, no matter if it's uh, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, you have to conduct yourself in an orderly fashion. Um, But I do get it. Like we, you know, like you said, you know, we grew up in the hood. Like if somebody says, don't touch them, don't don't put hands on them because that (laughs) they will swing on you. And you're lucky. And I think if you watch the video, he was going for the closed fist and then he opened up because he thought about it last second. Like, nah, if I do this and that man drop, I can lose my job. Yeah, or or more. Right, or more. You know, dude could get a concussion or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you know how to uh you know things can escalate, especially in the brawl. So yeah, it, it will be interest interesting to see how Jawan acts moving forward. Cause Michigan did well last year going deep into the, uh, to the tournament this year, they haven't had that great of a season, but that was expected because of, they were, you know, they were a good group, but they, they had their best players were leaving. Um, but this is his second strike last year. It was, I'm gonna kill somebody this year. Oh, you're putting hands on somebody, even though they put hands on you, but you put it more in a violent way. Yeah. Next next time it could be you're out of Michigan and trying to find a job either at college or the pros. So, yeah. yeah. The one thing that I would have loved to seen was also the Wisconsin coach getting a game or so. Yeah. They have not reported that yet. And we'll see. Yeah, but just putting hands on him. Cause I think that like we need to address the um, instigator in it all. Yes. I agree. Um, the, the fact that he didn't, you know, get anything right now that's that's being reported is very interesting. Um, I think he should at least get a game or two. Um, there's not much games left in the college basketball regular season, so we shall see. Uh, but let's get into, you know, your favorite sport, the NBA. We talked a little bit about college. Let's talk about the NBA. I need to get your take on this Harden trade. Now, before I let you go, mm-hmm. you said when you first came on a couple of months ago you said the the Sixers should be hell bent I got the quote right here the Sixers should be hell bent for <laughs> trading Ben Simmons well yeah. they did that yep. so you got Harden you got Paul Millsap but nobody cares about 
Paul Millsap. The Sixers got James Harden. The Brooklyn Nets got John uh, DeAndre Drummond. You got Seth Curry. You got two first-round picks, and you got Ben Simmons. What is your take on the James Harden trade? So, well, I have a few takes, and I don't want my takes to be all over the place. So I'll start off with both teams in a vacuum. Um, they've, they both won the trade, if that makes sense. Like, okay. Like, like in a vacuum, like both teams really got better. Yes. I felt like um, the Nets had too much scoring. Like there's only one basketball. Like you have KD, you have Kyrie. Now you need a facilitator. And James could have done that, but James would have been taking a step back because he can still give you 30. Right? Yes, yes. But I think now what they did was they got a facilitator, but now got James Harden's offense and turns it into defense and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And that can go a long way, especially now that we have reports that they signed um, Dragic. Yes. Right? So yeah. Now, that's now you have some assurance, um, Kyrie. Yeah, and don't forget about my man Patty Mills. Yes. To me, he was the probably the best free agent signing this past offseason. Yep. Um, now let's talk about Philadelphia. Um, whew. The team really got better, but my only issue with it is you have two players that dominate the ball in Joel Embiid and James Harden. Yes. Um, We already know based on reports that James Harden wasn't fond of um, Steve Nash calling out plays for KD and practice or designing plays for KD. Yeah, they had a differences in in philosophy. Philosophy. So now my question is, how is James Harden going to fit with another ball-dominant player, especially when it's a center? And the center feels comfortable and is very capable of bringing bringing up the ball off of a rebound. Yes, yes. He can go. You know, he's probably, you know, we've seen a lot of centers. I don't think we've ever seen a package like him. I think the closest... Thing is, um, Hakeem. Yeah, and that's so, what they said. They said that his ceiling was Hakeem. Yeah, and like Hakeem the closest thing is Hakeem. So, yeah. So that's that's one of my major concerns. Um, but if we're comparing the two trades, the Nets absolutely won that trade. Um, the reason why I say that, and I hate to say it, as small or as ex- in, in um significant as one may find it, is Seth Curry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like having another sharpshooter with the Nets instead of him being on Philly, you can't double team guys anymore on the Nets. They can literally s- surround everybody. Um, ben Simmons with shooters and yeah. make it work. I can you double have, you have Ben at the five and all shooters. <laughs> yeah, like I can go and double Joel Embiid during the game. I can double a James Harden during the game, or I can shade a defender that way, and it'll be okay. Yeah, that's why, in my opinion, I feel like the Nets have won that trade. Um, I think these two teams will see each other in the playoffs, and it's going to be fun. It will be fun, but I just looked at it, and I thought the Philadelphia 76ers got hosed. They got ramrodded. They got led astray, run amok, and flat-out deceived. The Philadelphia Sixers got robbed. They got robbed. Like Debo robbed that dude on Friday. It was bad. What changed? He took, they took <laughs> everything. They took their backup center, Drummond, who, to me, that's a big loss because it's just Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. Then they took a sharpshooter. Had they kept one of them and then maybe one of the first-round picks, I'd have been like, okay. But they gave up everything. And I didn't like that, especially Dow Morey and his thirst for James Harden. Yeah, yeah. I think if James – the the Brooklyn Nets knew – James Harden did not want to be there after a certain point. And you're, you know, you're talking about philosophy. I think ju- ju- the real reason why James Harden left is because of Kyrie and not him not being all in because Kyrie's the reason why they're all in Brooklyn. And Kyrie's also the one that's not sacrificing James Harden sacrifice. He, he sacrificed literally his position on the team and he also sacrificed where he was comfortable at, at Houston dropping you know, 35, 40 a night. And that all, obviously he got the vaccine. KD just won a hoop. KD did whatever he needed to do to be ready to go, you know, got the Achilles, 
um, making sure that he was ready to go for the NBA season. Kyrie wanted to bring the immunized and the unimmunized together in harmony and kumbaya, but he don't want to sacrifice. So, and he considers the NBA, uh, his, his job in the NBA is a nine to five. Meanwhile, you have Harden and KD really wanting to win, especially Harden because he's the one that hasn't won. So knowing all of that, if I was Daryl Morey, I would have just called their bluff because at the end of the day, I know I can get James Harden in the offseason. I, I know that. I know I can get him in the offseason. This is just like Melo with the Knicks and the Denver Nuggets uh, when he tried to, you know, make sure he got his way into the to New York. You knew when free agency happened, Melo was going to be a Nick. He was going to New York. So why did you feel like you had to give up all of that treasure assets? I know I'm going date, dating back for the, for those that don't know, look it up. I feel like this is revisionist history again. I mean, his, this is history all over again. James Harden wants to be in Philly. Wait for him to be a free agent. But maybe, maybe, a, uh, maybe they really just needed James Harden to get back on that team as soon as possible. But I just feel like it's not even close. The, the Sixers got hosed, period. I mean, with the with what you just said, it makes complete sense. I do feel like they did give up way too many assets for somebody that hasn't um, ex- signed that one-year option. And, he didn't and sign that was strategic. Option. That was strategic. Right? I don't care what nobody says. You missed the deadline. That's bull job. Now, but the only leverage Philly has right now is they have his bread rights. So they can yeah. offer him the most money. Yeah. Not saying that the assets they gave up was worth it because there's going to be a point in time if they do decide, decide to max out James Harden, he's going to be a 37-year-old player making close to $50,000. Right. He's 32 and he's going to be 33 when the season starts next season. Yeah, and if they decide to max him out, he'll be a 37-year player in a couple of years making $50,000, 50 million. Whew. which is insane. Exactly. <laughs> or his skill set. Like, we know he's going to fall off by age 37. He's not a CP3. He's not a LeBron. No, he doesn't take care of his body the way those guys do. Yeah. Um, and his, But I would say his game isn't predicated on athleticism. His game is predicated on skill. So if he wanted to, he could keep the longevity, but he has shown that it does not matter for him about the longevity. Yeah, if he's disinterested, he will get out of shape. We've seen that with the Nets. Yeah. They need to figure out a way to keep him engaged. And God forbid Joel Embiid gets hurt. He's going to be stuck in a very peculiar situation. Exactly. And I think also you're depending on two guys that are injury prone especially Joel Embiid and James Harden as of late with the yeah, hamstrings, yeah. you know, you saw, you saw in the playoffs, he was playing literally on one leg and then he gets hurt again in, in this season. Now, yes, he's averaging his 20, 11, and I think seven, um, but he doesn't look like James Harden. And I think a lot of it is the fact that he was disinterested. So knowing what you know now about this Harden trade, if you was Daryl Morey, would you have waited until the offseason or would you have still made this trade given what you had to give up? So Daryl Morey was stuck in an ugly situation because it wasn't like he was trading a Ben Simmons I was currently playing. So right. he, had a, he had his own situation that he had to really like get off. Me personally, if I was Daryl Morey, I would have waited because right now Philadelphia is three in the East. Yeah, they, like, they're doing very well. With, without Ben Simmons. Me personally, right. I would have waited. I still would have had um, Seth Curry. You have Maxi that's playing really, really well. Um, yeah, like I think in a situation like that, you just have to wait. And James Harden may not have been okay with it, and maybe he would have explored free agency for real. Yeah, because he's never been a free agent. Right? Um, and then he would have considered all, all of his options, and that's just a risk that you have to be willing to take. But then I would have figured out a way to get off of the Ben Simmons um, contract during the offseason, but yeah, Daryl Morey, I think he put his chips all in one bag and you better pray and hope it all works out. Right. So, you know, you're looking at the 76ers squad and you're looking at this East. Do you think the 76ers make it out the East? No. So who do you have in front of them in terms of seven game series 
the Sixers beating them out. Um, the Sixers not beating them out. You're absolutely going. You're absolutely going to love this pick. Miami can beat that team. I talk, see, see, I have my boy on, my boy Marcus on, and he's a Philadelphia fan, and he's out here telling me, you know, the the, the Sixers beating Miami. They ain't beating Miami. We got Bam Bam, and I ain't talking about the Flintstones. We got a hero, and I ain't talking about no club sandwich. We got a butler, and I ain't talking about Jeffrey. That the the, the Miami Heat beating the Sixers. Beat team. Yes, absolutely. The Nets are beating the Sixers. Brooklyn Nets are also going to beat the Sixers. The I agree Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning defending champions, are beating the Sixers four times. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. after that, I don't know. But them three teams, shoot, they shoot. The Cavaliers might give them a run for their money because they have depth. So I, yeah. I'm not, and the I'm Bulls can give them a scary, scary seven game series. I think Philly beats them, but I think right. the Bulls give them a, a, a good seven game series where, you know, I put some on their back a little bit for the next team to beat them. Right. Chicago's going to be the team where you don't want to see them. You'll beat them, but yeah. but they'll give you a very physical um, yeah. seven-game series. And then the next team that you see, it's probably going to sweep you or really – Yeah, beat you down. Beat you down, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not – especially since they're really top-heavy, like they don't have bench anymore. Like it's just the five now. Maxie's been playing out of his mind. You know, Tobias Harris, can he now he's gonna be what the fourth option? Like, but uh, a disappointment. Yeah, I'm and then also the the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. The doc is not a doctor, he barely a nurse. That man has been trash since 07-08 season with the Boston Celtics. I've seen him this man lose a finals up 10. I saw this man lose a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets in the bubble. I saw this man lose to Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. And that team is bad. That team ain't even in the playing now. The same right. crew. So, right. like Doc Rivers, he's the only coach. He's a top 15 coach of all time. Yeah, he has. He's the only coach that has lost multiple 3-1 leads. Had Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, losing to the Houston Rockets with no James Harden on the court. Up 3-1 with if I, my memory serves me, they were up 20 late in the third quarter. So I can just go on and on and on about Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, like, if he don't get it done this year, you know, them, them they're trying to make 76 to Rockets. You might get, you know, Dan Tony. You might get Dan Tony back. Yep. Dan Tony might come back in there. And if, if Dan Tony with James Harden and, and they get Joel B. Right. That's a different type of scary because now right. you're giving Joel Embiid the freedom on offense to really shoot the ball whenever he wants. And also, if you need a late game bucket, he's just going to back a brother down and go get that. Exactly. So it will be interesting to see what happens with Harden, the these 76ers. Joel Embiid has been playing great. I don't think the the fit will be will be hard to have because James Harden has shown whether he started as a six man, then he was the star. Then he was able to relinquish some of that with CP3 and Russell Westbrook. Then he became a point guard in Brooklyn for a year and a half. I think he'll be able to transition, no problem. My issue is health. And what are you going to do with them goons from Miami, the defending champs, and that seven-foot monster now with another seven-foot monster in Blake uh, in, in Ben Simmons? So switching gears now. Let's talk about these Lakers. Hmm. Now, we talked about the Lakers before. Yeah. And what you said. Oh, gosh. You, you said. Oh, gosh. The rush trade wasn't that bad. But at the time, it is bad now. And, it, and, and Russell is wilding. What are your thoughts about Russ now? Because it's been... <laughs> If if that was bad, what is right now? <laughs> they're in the worst situation you possibly could have thought that they would be in. Like they're what now in the ninth spot? Yeah, that's for a LeBron-led team where he's played majority of the season. That's that's pretty horrific. And I know AD hasn't been fully there. Um, you know, yeah, the Lakers—they're trash. <laughs> they're trash. I don't know how else to put it. They're they're not good. They're not good. And LeBron is playing some of the best basketball that a 37-year-old has ever played in, in, in this league. Right. Like 
he's not a bad version of himself. Yes, he's declining slightly, but yeah. he's he's playing really good basketball. For yeah. his, like if there were the fourth or third seed, he'd be the runaway MVP right now. Yeah, right. So I don't think it's any fault of LeBron's play, but for LeBron to push for Russ while he possibly could have had Buddy Hield. Right. He possibly could have had DeMar DeRozan, who's right. wanted to take a cut to come there. And was willing to take a cut. And right, right. now he's in conversation for MVP. And he, yeah. he has a really good chance of getting it at this point. Yeah. Like statistically, he's not all the way there, but because Chicago is doing so well and they turned around so, so good from last year to this year. Right. We have to throw his name out there. So yeah. me, um, GM LeBron has has failed here. And I honestly respect Rob Palenka for not pulling the trade for um, John Wall and holding on to that first round pick. I think as a GM, I'm glad he said no for the situation. And at this point, it's probably basically saying, work with what you got or the season's a wash. So you're happy with them not making a trade at all at trade deadline? Yes, I am. From an organizational standpoint, I don't think um, John Wall is going to make them that much better where they go get a ring. So why are we making that trade? And seeing right. that the only trade that you're going to make, there's no plan after John Wall. That is that is true. It's yeah. It's as you hope John Wall can help you. Everything and right. John Wall is not doing that for you. Yeah, is John Wall going to be the difference between you being at the ninth spot or the sixth spot? No. So, but now this. So okay, now another question you know we have now is you know AD who we all thought that was going to take that next step, you know he's not Iron Man he's Aluminum Man he's been hurt again, he's now out for a month. Is the season is the Lakers season over? Is it over? Is it good night? Good night, Irene. No fat lady is singing. It's it's done. It's a wrap. So it's either going to be a first round exit or a second round exit. Okay, so. You telling me right now that LeBron, Russ, that's it. They're done. They they're not going anywhere. They're just gonna be. They might win the play in, and then after the play in, they're gonna get smoked by the Phoenix Suns or get smoked by the by the Warriors. Yes, but I'm not saying that they're gonna get smoked by Phoenix or the Warriors. I personally think it's either gonna be the Warriors or Memphis because I think Memphis is gonna move up. See, I. I just personally believe this. If they don't play the Golden State or Phoenix, they beating Memphis. I don't care what nobody says. They are beating Memphis. You hit if the if if the playoff matches the Lakers versus Memphis, mm-hmm. they're beating Memphis. So I have a question for you. Go ahead. How how the Lakers beat Memphis this year? I'm going to venture out and say, no, they have not. Correct. But what I will say is, I got to see LeBron lose to that kind of team. I don't have faith. Like, Memphis is a good story, and John Morant is, you know, he'll probably get MVP voting. He'll be top five in MVP voting, maybe get up to uh, three or two. But you got to beat LeBron James four times the game slows down this is a young team i don't see lebron losing to memphis now golden state phoenix those are veteran related teams especially phoenix phoenix has the confidence that they could go into you know uh los angeles and beat them golden state has already beaten them in terms of their core group so they don't fear lebron but memphis Man, let let that series be two one Lakers. It's gonna be a wrap. Let let the game one be at Memphis and LeBron put a forty piece triple dub, and if they're up 0-1. the Lakers would win this. I'm okay. You hear it here first. It is February. If they play the Memphis Grizzlies, they're beating the Memphis Grizzlies. Hey, the other two teams, no. If they play Utah. They beat in Utah. Beating Utah, Utah is the biggest phony I've seen. They beat in Utah. I'll give you that. Yeah, they beat in Utah. So that's the team that they want to see actually in the first round. Yeah, if they play Utah, they play, you know, Denver. They, they beat all of them. They yeah. beat all. I ain't 
But they played Golden State or Phoenix. Okay, they're losing them. Need to That's put some respect on Memphis's um name because Memphis beat them without Ja. Also remember that too. And and LeBron was playing. I don't care if it's job, ma, or pa. They're not beating. I'm just like, they not beating them. LeBron James is not going to lose to no Memphis Grizzlies. Ain't no Memphis Grizzlies with Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol, and Mike Conley. It's just John Morant. It's like the Jackson 5. You don't know the other four. You just know Michael. That's it. I'm just just letting you know. So when you come back on the show and – I, we got the slate, and it's Memphis versus L.A. You can come I back. I'm talking about the Clippers. Los Angeles Lakers are going to win that series. They'll win that series in six. They ain't going to go. They don't even need to go to game seven. They ain't going. They don't got. They ain't got to go to game seven. They'll win in six. But enough about that. I am interested to hear your thoughts on A.D. So A.D.'s been getting hurt. All of his injuries since he's been in the league essentially has been lower leg yep. injuries, knees, ankles, um, you know, everything below um, the waist, everything that's been, you know, that he needs, you know, to play his position. Would you in the off season, if you're Rob Palenka, consider trading AD? Mm, no, I would not. And the reason why I say that, unless, unless it's LeBron approved, I would okay. not. I don't think he will approve. <laughs> I don't. I don't see how he does. Seeing that um, AD is a clutch client, right? And right. also, LeBron told him, "Hey, yo, let's get you to LA." And then right. two, two and a half years later, right? Ah, right. Yeah, I think AD would probably have to say, "I don't want to be here anymore," for it to really be a thing where he's moving. Okay. Um, but what I would say is, I think we need to question AD's conditioning a bit seeing that it's all lower body injuries right um the reason why i say that is because he has two of the two of the greatest workout people in nba history you have lebron james you have dwight howard right those are physical physically peak individuals yeah all the time all the time it doesn't matter what they're doing they're they're always working out and they're always in in great shape like those two guys really don't get hurt that much outside of Dwight's spine um, issue a couple of years back. Yeah, and his labrum, I think, with the Lakers. Yeah. After that, he was ready to go. He was good to go. Ready to go. Yeah. So I'm questioning his conditioning, um, but he he needs to figure it out. This last injury wasn't really his fault because I seen the way he came down. Yeah, it was a freak that he he essentially hit Gobert's ankle um, and then, in the area, and then. And then you can get a soft landing. So a soft landing, yeah. But he needs to figure out the conditioning aspect behind it. And, and maybe even slow the game down a little bit. Because maybe he's moving too fast. That's, that's true too. That's what I would say about him. But um he's been disappointing. And I think the um the Lakers need to come off of Frank Frank Vogel. They need to get a uh a coach that can make AD the focal point of the offense. And I don't think Frank Vogel is really good at coordinating offensive um, sets at all. But I mean, Frank Vogel, I don't, I don't like, I don't like coaches get being a scapegoat. Frank Vogel, he's been there for what now, uh, two years, right? Last year was his first year, if I'm not mistaken. Got you a championship. He did. Whether it was in the bubble or not, they won the championship. I think the bubble saved AD's season because. It was a matter of time that he was going to get hurt. Last season, obviously, it didn't go as planned. People get hurt. Him, LeBron, they get bounced out in the first round. This year, AD gets hurt again. Uh, Kendrick Nunn has the worst bone bruise in all of NBA history. And yet, you're going to fire Frank Vogel? It's not like, you know, Russ has played astronomically bad to the point where Frank Vogel has no choice but to bench him. So I don't know how you fire Frank Vogel because of that situation. I mean, now his contract is up so you can just not retain him. Yeah. But to let him go because the team isn't doing well, I don't know what coach would make that team better given the situation that he's been dealt with. I don't know which 
Yeah, I don't think there's a coach out there that you can necessarily replace him with. Um, yeah, so I guess maybe you, you don't fire him just yet because mm-hmm. you don't have a replacement. But I don't think he's he's the right fit for that team. Okay. We, we will see. We'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired. I mean, or doesn't get retained because he was on a three-year contract, if I'm not mistaken. It was a three-year um, contract. Yeah. So we'll see if he get if he's if he's not retained and we'll see who gets. You know, I would like we'll see who gets replaced by um, you know, for the new Lakers head coach. But you know, LeBron's best coach was Eric Spolstra with Pat Riley running the ship, and it's not no surprise that they went to four, one, two. And, you know, things were smooth sailing in terms of, you know, LeBron just could focus on basketball as opposed to focusing on roster moves because he knows who's in charge and, you know, what they can do. So, um, or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. That's to prove me wrong. Or else you gonna be walking out. Walking out. Walking out. So now switching gears to your team, you got the Phoenix Suns. They lost CP3. Yeah. You know, the, the news came out during All-Star Weekend. Um, hand injury will be out. It looks like six to eight weeks. So we're looking at either one week before the playoff starts or one week after the playoff starts. What are your thoughts on the severity of this injury for CP3? They will probably fall to third place. I don't think it's going to be too crazy because right now they're eight games in front of Memphis. Right. Memphis has that third spot. Right. So I think there's a good chance they can fall fall down, especially if Golden State and Memphis continue to play really good basketball. I mm-hmm. can see those two teams jumping in front of them because six to eight weeks is a very long time. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the rest of the season. He's out for the season. Yes. And then now he's coming in and now he has to get his conditioning back up. Right. Um, it's a hand, um, it's a thumb fracture. Yeah. And now we're talking about you having to find your form back. And one thing about shooters is they need consistent reps. Right. And CP3 is no different. So he's going to have to figure out his way throughout the playoffs, which is a tough ask. Yeah, especially um, at his age, right? Especially at his age. Now the question is, can Devin Booker step up? He's nice and all, but he doesn't control the tempo. He's just a bucket getter. Yeah, he yeah he he's get out my way, and I'm gonna devastate you on yeah. the mid range. I'm gonna take it to the hole, and I can hit my free throws, right? Yeah, like he's a certified bucket getter, right? But he doesn't control the tempo of the game. Like I heard this on the JJ um, Reddick podcast. Um, who was speaking? Jason Tatum. He said mm-hmm. something about Chris Paul saying, "Yo, three for two or something like that, and J- Jason Tatum was confused. It's in reference to two for one. You know how the time yeah. two for one? Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul has it set up where he gets three possessions and you get two possessions, and he and he knows to shoot the ball around the 105 mark. Nobody thinks that far ahead, right? He's playing chess while everybody's playing chess. Playing chess while everybody's playing one moves. He's playing three, four moves ahead. Right, right. He knows to shoot the ball at around 105. 102 to get that extra possession because he knows teams aren't going to rush or they like they're not thinking right they're not thinking ahead that much so so like those are the little things that I feel like we don't see on the stat sheet but Chris Paul brings to your team and that can be the difference between you making winning a championship or coming out the second round right and I think you know that first round can they get by who they play in the first round. Let's say, let's say they drop down to third, right? There's six and a half games up on Golden State. Let's say they go to third. Can they beat the Nuggets without CP3? Or at least with a lesser version of himself? And they don't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. I would give the edge to the Suns. Now, after that, um, no. Now, I don't, I no. wouldn't trust them at all. Yep. Um, they would be playing either Memphis or I would say the Lakers um, or somebody like that. And I don't, I don't see that happening. So I would need to get CP3 at least by the start of the playoffs, not rushing back. Hopefully the series is done as quickly as possible. And the other series that we're waiting on goes seven. 
and he can be close to 80, 75% of himself when the second round starts. That's the hope, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the hope. I don't think they can beat the Denver Nuggets or Minnesota Timberwolves, honestly. Man, they being the Wolves. If CP3 doesn't come back, they're not beating that team. Okay. So this time, so when you was on the show before, we talked about Aiden and his contract disputes with the Phoenix Suns. Well, this is put up a shut up. Him, Devin Booker. Yeah, big facts. Like, like at this point, y'all can't, like the reason why y'all this successful and went to the NBA Finals shouldn't all be because of CP3. Devin Booker, you need to make sure you are fully recognized and get your full respect as one of the best shooting guards in all of basketball because you can change the course of a game. You're just not a bucket getter. And DeAndre Ayton, you got to show that you're better um, even what you're, you're great, even without CP3. CP3 should be able to feed you all these passes Mm -hmm. and get you in the right position every single time Mm -hmm. you get on the court. So let's put up a shut up. I already know that all these other guys like, um, Mikel Bridges, if I I got the name right, right. Mikel Bridges. So Um, many bridges in the league, right? Right. Um, Cameron Payne, like, uh, JaVale McGee, they are, but it's all about them two horses. If them two horses play well, then they can hold down the fort until CP3 gets back. Um, so switching gears from that, um, you know, we've had a lot of surprises in the NBA, a lot of teams doing well. What's your biggest surprise in the NBA so far, good or bad? Chicago, for mm-hmm. the simple fact that I didn't expect them to be here. Right. Like, being tied for first in the East is spectacular. Right. But the other team that I'm really surprised at is Miami and all the injuries that they've dealt with and still being able to maintain a um, a first seed as well, like being tied with Chicago. Like those two teams are really surprising me because if you would have told me that both the um, Bucks and Nets would not, not, one of them wouldn't have a first or second seed, I'd be like, no way. You're right, right. The Bucks right now are fifth seed. Yeah, I'll be like, no way. Right. No way. But I think Miami, because Bam was out six to eight weeks. Right. Bam was out. Jimmy was out for some time. Tyler Harrell was out for some time. Right. Like, a lot, like a lot of players were out for some time. And I think it all stems from the coaching and Pat Riley just running the ship correctly. Like, yeah, I love everything they stand for. Like, yep. I, like I asked you the other day, do you have space on that bandwagon? <laughs> <laughs> you can right? get on, we can put you in the trunk. Right? Like, I'm trying to join. What's up? What's going on, baby? Take me out to dinner. Yeah, I mean, the, the Miami Heat been doing great. I mean, I expected this. I mean, it's not my fandom. It's just Jimmy Butler, wherever he goes, the team does well. Um, Bam, you know, can do it all. Big man. Tyler Hero, I didn't expect the leap that Tyler Hero took, but yeah. he's been playing well. And Miami just be finding players out of nowhere, you know, and be playing great, you know. So yeah. I'm not really surprised that Miami – you know, being where they're at in the Eastern Conference. But I will say the Cleveland Cavaliers are the biggest surprise to me in all of basketball. It ain't even close. I like that. I, I, I like that pick. You know, they're, to me, they're just phenomenal. You know, you have, to me right now, the ROI, Evan Mobley. Pat Allen is an all-star, deservingly so. You have Darius Garland. They added Karis LeVert. And then, mind you, they still don't have a fully Colin Sexton and marketing so like that in and of itself to me shows mm-hmm. um that no one expected them to be great nobody thought that they would this is the best team that we've ever seen and lebron james is not on it like for cleveland yes yeah in my lifetime i haven't seen them this good right them. nobody has seen and right now they're standing at fourth in the east they're going to be, you know, uh, playing well in the playoffs. I, I would assume uh, they have the coach of the year, in my opinion, and JB Bickerstaff. Um, I like it. Like, it, it, to me, it's them. If you wanted to, if I had to say another surprise to me in a good way, it would be the Timberwolves. Because I thought the Timberwolves is just a team that's just going to be sorry all the time. Right now, they're 31 and 28. They're seventh in the West. Um, and, you know, obviously, they got Cat. They're all-star. Yeah. Obviously, Anthony Edwards playing well. 
but it just seems like to me that I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams. And now they're, you know, one of the teams currently in the playoffs or at least in the play-in. So those are the two teams. Now, in terms of disappointment, do you have anybody that you're disappointed in? Um, disappointment. I'm going to say the Sacramento Kings. And of course, we're going to say like, they're the Sacramento Kings. They're supposed Bro, to be they're the Kings. They're the Kings. Right? But my issue with it is the stupid trade that they made. They will Tyrese Halliburton, my apologies to that. Yeah. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton trade. You didn't like that trade? The how? Ha- yeah, that trade they would regret it within the next two to three years. I guarantee you. So you don't like Sabonis? Sabonis is fine, but he's not going to be an All Star in the West. No, no, no. He's just he's a good a- player in the West. <laughs> yeah, he's just another good player in the West. Yes. And uh, I'm guarantee guaranteeing two to three guarantee Chuck style. Okay. Tyrese will be an all-star within the next two to three years. I said it the day of the draft. I said the biggest mistake in the NBA draft was that the Knicks didn't take Tyrese Halliburton and they took Obi Toppin. Had they had Tyrese Halliburton, they would be a much better team right now. I was surprised at the trade. So if you was was the Kings, would you have just traded D-Fox? Because I think D-Fox right now is better than Tyrese, right? I would have traded D-Fox instead of Tyrese. So you'd rather have Tyrese with Sabonis than D-Fox with Sabonis? Yep. Yeah. I, I really like Tyrese Halliburton. He's somebody that he can he can assist it like no other. Like everybody, and you know, he gonna, no matter how many minutes he's going to get, he's going to get seven to eight assists every night. Um, we'll see. I mean, the, the, the Indiana Pacers stole one. This, this could potentially be what happened couple of years ago well not a couple of years a damn near a decade ago with James Harden leaving yes. Oklahoma yes. Yep. and going to Houston because yep. nobody really knew how great he could be yep. except for Daryl Morey and then what what happened he's a perennial all-star perennial all-NBA MVP you know for not a hamstring on Chris Paul maybe they got rings on their finger so um yeah, that, that was interesting. Uh, for me, the surprise, good Lord, where do I begin? No. Actually, this is not a surprise to me. The next- this is a surprise to most people. The Atlanta Hawks, y'all are oh. trash. I told y'all y'all gonna be trash. Yeah, I told yeah. y'all that was a, you know, a lightning in the bottle, poof, and y'all disappeared like some of my friends. The Atlanta Hawks are what I thought they were always gonna be, a team that can play great offense, they can't play a lick of defense. Now, they've been playing well as of late. They're still under 500. Right now, if they had the playing, they would be the 10th seed going against the Toronto Raptors, and I'd have the Raptors winning. But I told y'all it was a fluke last year. Y'all ain't going to go on no winning streak in March like y'all did last year. And Trey Young, just enjoy this season because all you're going to have to show for it is your all-star birth yet again. Outside of that, y'all going to be trash. Yeah. So am I surprised by that? Not really. But let's we talked about surprising teams. To me, there's no denying the most surprising play in all of basketball this season is Zion Williamson. He has not played. <laughs> He's had injuries left and right. The man been... I've been seeing him on commercials with Mountain Dew more than I've seen him on the court for his entire career. Has barely played over 90 games. I believe the number is now is at 85 out of a possible 300 plus games. Similar numbers to the first three years of Greg Oden. My question to you, do you think Zion is going to be the next Greg Oden? Zion either looking the path of Greg Oden or looking down the path of Joel Embiid. And if I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, I am stealing everybody from Philly's medical staff. <laughs> everybody. Everybody, everybody. Has to come to the Pelicans. Because I need to figure out what you did. Right. Right? Because at this point, Zion is an investment. He's a $100 million player. And they need to figure out how they can get him back onto the court. Whether it's shutting down the weight, keeping his weight down, dietary restrictions, whatever it is. If he needs to live outside of New Orleans because the food is so good there, right? They need to do. Like they, they need to figure that out. And honestly, I think he's gonna be more like Greg Oden than Joel Embiid. Wow, that's, that's my stance. 
Yeah, I I don't want to give him that yet, but based on the way he plays, he plays very, you know, above the rim, attacking to the basket. He doesn't have a skillful nature in his game. Nope. At least Joel Embiid, obviously, we've seen that he has a skillful way to score the basketball and play the yep. game. Mm-hmm. That that arrow is, you know, pointing towards Greg Golden more toward than Joel Embiid. Correct. Um, he hasn't played, and ha- if he has played, he hasn't been able to play for long stretches. Yeah, Zion. Um, I also think, to be honest, he's not interested in playing in, in New Orleans. Like, he's not. I really think they should, you know, sell the team and get the team back to Seattle and get the Seattle Supersonics. I really do believe that because, you know, the Hornets, you've had Chris Paul leave. Then you was fortunate enough, quote unquote, to get Anthony Davis. He left. Now Zion, right after Anthony Davis left, you get the number one overall pick in Zion. package. Right. Yeah. And Zion, you know, Zion didn't even want to be a Pelican. He wanted to be a Nick. So, so I just think that man is not really motivated to get back on the court. Um, he hasn't really talked to them. You know, Brian Woodhorse, who's one of the more plugged-in guys in the NBA, talked about how there's the differences in terms of how he's going about, you know, his rehab process. You know, my team in the NBA fantasy has been atrocious. It's been god-awful. And the number one reason I can point to is Zion Williamson has not played. The man is 23-7, and seven, and I ain't get a lick of that this season. So I blame him and my thought in thinking that he would be the best player on his team with Brandon Ingram and they would just be playing well together. And that has not happened because Brandon Ingram has been on the court, but Zion Williamson has not been on the court at all. Um, So while we wrapping up this show, thank you for coming on. A couple of questions I have left for you. So the NBA announced its finalists for the basketball hall of fame. You got Manu Ginobili, you got Wincast, Tim Hardaway, Michael Cooper, George Call. I can go on and on and on. But my question to you, because for some strange, I just have an issue with this. Now, we've watched this guy play well. We watched him be a playoff performer, NBA champion. But do you really think that Manu Ginobili is a Hall of Famer in your eyes? In your eyes, not will he be, do you think he is a Hall of Famer? No, absolutely not. By my standards, he is not a Hall of Famer. Um, The reason why I say that is because the accolades just don't add up. Like, what, he has four championships? He got four championships, two NBA All-Stars, two All-NBA, third team. He's the sixth man of the year. And he was able to be on the all rookie second team. That's his NBA accolades. It, it, nah, it, it doesn't add up for me. Like, I think he's a really, really good player, but I don't think he deserves to be in the hall. I would have to see the rest of the, the rest of the finalists, maybe compared to the finalists, he makes it. But from my perspective and what I interpret the Hall of Fame to be, he's not there. No, like, no way. He's a really good basketball player. And maybe I'm not accounting the Olympics. Yeah, like the Olympics, he's, you know, he's right. Euroleague champion, Euroleague yeah. MVP, which goes into a deeper conversation. Should the NBA just have this own Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame, right? right. Like, yeah. Now, if we want to consider the, the Olympic accomplishments, then maybe we have a conversation. But if we're looking strictly within the lens of the NBA, I don't think he deserves to be there. Like, for instance, just give you some some reference. Now, um, we love stats. His NBA career, Manu Ginobili averaged 13 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 3.8 assists. That's his NBA average. Now, the other guy that he might be going in with is Tim Hardaway Sr. He, five-time NBA All-Star, all-NBA first team one time, three time on the second team, and one time on the third team. So he is a five-time All-NBA performer. He averaged, for his career, 17 points, three rebounds, eight assists. To me, he's not even a Hall of Famer, but that's just my... That's, Tim, he's not even a Hall of Famer. Right. Yes. Honestly, like, Tim Hardaway reminds me of... Uh, 
DeRozan type of a player. Right. Like, I don't like I have I don't have DeRozan's um stats pulled up, but I'm pretty sure the Ikeleys and the stats will be somewhere aligned. Cause he, he's just giving me like DeRozan vibes for the most part. Like I know he's a really good player, but I don't think DeRozan's gonna get into the Hall of Fame. DeRozan, he's you're right. He's averaging about 20, gives you four rebounds and four assists. That's what DeRozan gives you. Yeah. And he's made the all NBA team twice. Right. So I, so for me, like, you know, the NBA is just watered down with these Hall of Fames. And I'm just like, you know, like once you start putting guys like this in, like, like if Manu gets in, what is it to say that like, and I always use this example because that's only one of the few that I have, but like a guy like Joe Johnson, like Vince Carter, like to me, Vince Carter, like if you put him in the Hall of Fame, I'd be like, okay, because he had a stretch where he was dominant. It's just that his numbers don't look as great because he played like for so, so long yeah. and he wasn't a yeah, key contributor man. for that long. But when he was on the Nets, the Raptor, uh, the Raptors, you know, he was magical. Right? Wow. Yeah, he was magical. Right. So, you know, I get that. But Manu, like, like if he was on, if he didn't win four championships, and that's saying a lot, right? But if he just had these numbers on another team and that was it, he wouldn't even be considered. Considered at all. And I think right. it's an insult to somebody like Chris Webber that had to wait so long right. to get in if Manu can get in with, with his accomplishments. At right, all. and you look at, like, you know, some people will have, you know, some some issue, like, you know, I had some issue with T-Mac getting in because I didn't think T-Mac in. But if you look at T-Mac, he like, seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA. Okay, that like, okay, I can I can get down with that two two-time um, you know, scoring champion, like, that makes sense, but Manu, man, y'all miss me with that. Um, let's talk about the current NBA right now. Now, I'm going to revision this history. Uh-oh. That's what we do on this show, because it's proved me wrong. When you got on this show, you said it was damn near locks. Stephen Curry was going to win the MVP. Oh, yeah, I did say that. Since then, he's been quiet as a church mouth. The loudest we heard him was a couple of nights ago in the All-Star game where he was shooting it. I ain't never seen a shooting performance quite like that. Right? He, the man was shooting at half court, turning around, and the ball was still at its highest point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but right now, your MVP leaderboard, where you're going right now? Well, before I even get into my leaderboard, you, you, you told me that it'll be Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant got hurt. Steph, Steph Curry's still there. I, Whatever. You knew it. <laughs> That's what you said. So we were both wrong. So we proved each I other wrong. I did say that, but I still had, like, my 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 cash cow is Giannis. He's still there. So I'm good with that. But Kevin Durant got hurt. Had he not gotten hurt? And you see the, the value of Kevin Durant. Oh. They were a top three seed, and then look at him now. Barely in the playoffs. Durant. It's Kevin Durant we're talking about. Exactly. It's so Kevin if Kevin Durant come back, it's Kevin Durant. It might be good night for the East. You don't know. It's, it's Kevin Durant we're talking about. I expected them to fall, but not the way they fell. But I expected them to dip. That's it's the Kevin value Durant of Kevin Durant, about. which yeah. proves my point. Uh, it's Kevin Durant we're talking about. But we also know the injury as of late with him. And, you know. Right. And then Steph, to, to, to be fair, Steph has lost Draymond Green. And he hasn't been quite the same player since Draymond has been hurt. So, yeah. but who's who's your top three right now? Number one is Joel Embiid. Okay, absolutely, absolutely Joel Embiid. Like that boy is a certified baller. Yes, on both Just sides. Kind of, yeah, on both sides. And for Philly to be um, third in the East with thirty-five and twenty-three losses, like he's they're playing really, really good basketball with with the gap of a max contract not playing. Yes, yes. Like a lot of people don't understand how hard that is. Because no one expected Maxi to play the way he's been playing. He's been playing out of his mind. And I think Embiid is doing a really good job leading this team. Like you can yes. hear in the press conferences. I know he plays around a lot. His memes, his memes are really funny. It but, is, yeah. <laughs> but like he's doing a really good job just leading whoever's in the locker room and letting them know, like, yo, it's wartime and it's us. Like I'm right. riding with y'all and I believe in y'all. 
Right. Let's go out and go get this done. Like, yeah, he 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 has to be number one for me. Um, a close second is um Joker. Okay. I don't. Yeah, Joker's another guy. He's he he doesn't have um two two and three. Basically, yeah, yeah. He, right? he he's literally by it's all it's like last season just without Michael Porter. Yeah. So he's without his two and three, and he's playing really well. And he's the PER king. Yeah, he's averaging right now um, 26, 14, and 8 on 33 minutes. And then Joel Embiid, just to give y'all some context, he's giving you, you know, 30 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists. So you have the two bigs at one and two, and who's your third one? Steph Curry. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with my pick. He's number three right now. Steph Curry. See, you know, your pride is just, you know, it, like, why, like, okay. So Steph Curry has played well this season, but to me, he lost the MVP. Now people want Steph Curry to win MVP back. Just like people in the NFL wanted Peyton to win so many Super Bowls. Like to give y'all some context right now, Steph Curry's giving you 26 points five rebounds, six assists. The field goals, it does not matter because he, so, he shoots so many threes. Um, so yeah. I don't really care about the, the you know, the um, the field goal percentage because it's low. But to me, you know, MVP candidate. So if you're riding with your pick, that's cool. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't missed not one game. He hasn't, which is very surprising given his track record of missing games. Given that um, track record, and I just feel like you look at their roster, it's really not that good. And I feel like the Stephen Curry effect is really affecting it. Like, I don't think a player like Jordan Poole becomes a Jordan Poole without Steph Curry being on the court. Like, Jordan Poole can't, can't do what he does without Steph Curry being on the court. Yes, like, yes, yes. Damon Lee, I don't think he really becomes an NBA player without Steph being his um, brother-in-law, like if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, Peyton has played much better. You know, he's been an NBA player because of, uh, you know, Gary Payton's son. Um, he's played out of his mind. They um, cut him, by the way. They did? They cut, no, no, like not now, but they cut oh, him. Oh yeah, they did come before. The and, summer, then, and then yeah. the players made noise and they, they was like, oh, okay, I guess we gotta put him on a two-way. And then- Yeah, and they give, yeah. And then they, they got him on the full the contract. Yeah, yep. they got him on the full rest of the yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, right now, um, for me, I have just like you, Joel and B number one. Um, this is where we differ. It's it's close, it's really, really close. But I have Giannis at number two. I think given the fact that he hasn't had everyone there and he's still putting up monster numbers and i think we do take his game for granted because it's not the prettiest it's not the way that we thought basketball at this time would be you know Giannis right now is giving you 29 11 and 6 on 54 percent field goal like, i can't dismiss that he's missed about five games but that's miscellaneous at this point point. and then number three i have the joker four and five Steph Curry's five, John Morant's four, and then six is DeRozan. Um, so we'll see what happens. I really think it's Joel's to lose. There's yes. 25, there's about 25 games left. If he can just hold serve, you know, it would take something Herculean from Steph, even though I feel like the media pushes for Steph to want yeah. for him to win. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would take something Herculean for him to come back and win it. Joker is right there, so his that's his main competition. And I think the media has taken Giannis for granted because he doesn't shoot the way we would like our best players to shoot, right? Like, he's the only – like, Joker shoots better than him. Steph shoots better than him. Um, Embiid obviously shoots better than him. You know, DeRozan is a bucket getter. So, like, you start thinking about – you try to take away from Giannis as opposed to at least appreciating what he's been doing. Um so my last question before I get you out of here, um, and, you know, I always, you know, keep some, you know, questions oh. in the back. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. You know, trying to think about your NBA knowledge. 
top five players that you've seen that have never won a chip? That I've seen. That you've seen. That you personally have seen. You've at least seen them part of their prime and obviously on the decline that have not won a chip. Who's your top five? Top five. Wow. Do they have to be in order? No, 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 no order. No order. Um, and I'm judging them by their prime, right? Judging them by their prime, their totality of their career as well. Yeah. Wherever you want to go with this one. Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady won. Okay. Well, yeah. obviously this is not a, you know, there's no order, but okay. You have one is Tracy McGrady. Chris Paul. Okay. I think he's, he's, he's an obvious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did see Malone play, so Carl Malone. Okay. Then I know people pair Malone with Stockton, but I don't think Stockton's that good. <laughs> All-time leader in assists and steals. He's, I mean, he's great, but I, but I think there are other names that I can throw out. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, I have three, right? Yeah, you have three. You have um, T-Mac, you have CP3, and you have the mailman. The mailman. Ooh. Can't think of another two. Wow. That have not won a ring. That have not. Top five players that you've seen that have not won. I guess I'll throw Stockton on there. Okay, Stockton four. Four. I'm trying to think of my last one. Oh, Allen Iverson. Uh, I've seen five. Okay. So for me, uh, I have it. Yeah. So CP3, Melo, Harden, Iverson, T Mac. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we'll bring you back on again during playoff times. Maybe your stance on Steph Curry being MVP will change at that point. We'll but see. thank you for coming off. Memphis, baby. Watch out for the dog. Call oh, team. my God. Thank Nobody cares you. about Memphis. Unless right, it's Memphis bro. barbecue. Unless Down it's Memphis rent. barbecue, I don't care. They're not with. I'm telling you, I, I will say it again. They will not beat the Lakers. Period. We'll, we'll see, brother, man. All right. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on a show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, prove me wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. Or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. That's to prove me wrong. Or else you gonna be walking out. Walking out, walking out.